this morning we'll be looking at a new title called Israel Settling Down. Praise the Lord. The title is Israel doing what? Settling Down. Israel Settling Down. So by the grace of God, we're going at about 3,400 years ago in the history of mankind. Events that happened about 3,400 years ago. That is approximately 1,400 years before Jesus Christ came to die for us on the cross of Calvary. At a time, Israel had been in the wilderness for 40 years, and all the people that came out from the land of Egypt had all perished, remaining only two persons. Joshua and Caleb, who eventually entered into the promised land. And having entered the promised land for about 30 years, God used Joshua. And every day he was going to war, conquering various territories, killing many of the enemies. A lot of the enemies were killed for over a period of 30 years. Joshua entered the promised land when he was 80 years. And for about 30 years, until he died at the age of 110 years, himself and Caleb were going from places to places and killing all the enemies. They killed Many of the enemies that they got a time, the battle was so tough that Joshua had to cry out and decree that the sun should stop and the moon should stop. And for the first time, the sun and the moon obeyed the voice of a human being and stopped because God was busy taking possessions of the land on behalf of the children of Israel. Many of the lands were conquered, but many remained unconquered. And they remained unconquered, why? Because when the children of Israel saw that they were becoming victorious, when they saw that things were happening for them, every time they went out for battle, they were always defeating their enemies. Every time they went for war, they were always killing their enemies. So it became like a normal thing for them that their enemies must always fall before them. And in their brain, they seem to work out the mathematics around it. They seem to have figured this out. That after all, God has given us the land of Canaan. After all, He promised the land of Canaan to our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And after many years, today, almost 450 years to 80 years of delay, 
after everything, God has finally begun to fulfill those promises. And God has started fulfilling those promises, so God is not going back on the fulfillment of those promises. So the people felt excited about the things that God was doing. And as we progress, we are going to see the similarity of what is happening today. Where people begin to feel comfortable about what God was doing. And why Joshua was still alive. And they were conquering, defeating their enemies. Bible says in Judges chapter 2, from verse 1, that the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. The Lord said, I will not break my covenant with you. What is a covenant? What is a covenant? A covenant is always and always an agreement between someone who is higher and someone who is lower. Praise the Lord. A covenant is a form of agreement. But because it's called covenant. Covenant simply means that covenant must always be carried out by someone who is higher to someone who is lower. That is what a covenant is. So God made a covenant to man. He made a covenant to Abraham concerning this land of promise. So, after many years that the children of Israel have been fighting their enemies, if you go to the book of Judges, the book of Joshua, you will see some of the mistakes, some of the blunders they committed, some of the wrongs that they did. And at this time, when Joshua was already old and tired, and very exhausted and the people were already settling down on the promise that God had given to them and they felt that they are now settling down everything is now working fine for them the days when things were difficult we are now past the days when things were difficult we are now gone those days were no longer existing the memory that there was a time that things were tough for them and all gone. Children of the Lord, please, I want you to take time and listen to me because the Lord is very somewhere with all this money. Because it is very important that you understand why you are where you are right now. When things begin to go right, because you have to understand that, like God has been revealing to us, that it deals with nature 
in the form of kingdoms. The oppression of God is by virtue of kingdoms. That is how God operates. Please, we are heading somewhere and I want you to listen. So that you can understand where things are heading and how you can position yourself. Because if you don't position yourself the right way and you think that oh, things are going to head this way because some people are telling some things, or some prophets or some men of God are telling some things and you don't understand where things are heading, you will be so confused and you will be very surprised. That is why it is very important that you listen to the word of God. When God is dealing with the people, God deals with nations. What it means is that what happens to a nation will affect you. Praise the Lord. What happens to a nation will do what? Affect you. You can never be hidden, you can never be protected from what happens to a nation. What happens to a nation will affect you. You may say, after all, Esther married Ahasuerus. But in her own land, if she were to marry a king in her own land, number one, she will not go through all those rituals she went through. All those long protocols she went through. She will not need to go through them. And number two, if she was in her own land, she can easily go and meet her husband, the king, anytime she wants to go. The Bible has a record of such athletes. We have Bathsheba, when David was old. Bathsheba went and met the king. She doesn't need an appointment to meet a king. But in the land of captivity, even though Esther was a king, a queen, Esther needs a special appointment. The king had to invite Esther to come in before Esther can go in. Yes, we read about the life of Daniel, but most of you don't understand the mystery that Daniel was going through. Daniel was not living a comfortable life, apart from the fact that he was not allowed to marry and they cut out his, what makes him a man. They cut him of the movie, the man in my kingdom. So for the rest of his life, he could not marry. Apart from the fact that he could not marry for the rest of his life, yes, he cannot just go to the king. The king has to invite him. When there's a problem, he cannot just appear and show off. The king has to tell him to come. If he don't come and invite Daniel, Daniel cannot come forward. So we read the Bible upside down, and the people interpret the scripture to us upside down. In the land of captivity, there is no freedom. Once you are in captivity, there is no like freedom for you. It may appear as if you are entering the stuff, you cannot have freedom in the land of captivity. We read about all these people, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a prince in his own land, in the land of Kela, where he was sick and joined his adopted time. He was taken captive into the land of Babylon. The Bible said he became a cup bearer. Who is a cup bearer? A cup bearer is someone that carries the cup and stands before the king. The day the king is not happy with him, he can be sent to jail. He can decide and be cut off. If he was in his own land, he would not be a cup bearer. He might probably be a business tycoon. So a life, the life of a Christian in the land of captivity is not an easy life. No matter what anybody explain to you or try to explain to you, go and check the scripture. The children of Israel, even the apostles, 
battles when error was proven. When Caesar was proven. Things were not working very well for the truth for the other apostles. Every time they had to keep escaping, escaping, escaping. By the grace of God, God will give us the grace of God to go and study the book of Acts to see how the apostles kept running from city to city in escaping from their life. Even when Peter was released from prison, which God really said, as in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 12, as in the chapter consider there about when they escaped, Bible said that he did not go to meet the rest of the apostles, he had to run away from that city. He went another city, called Syria. He ran away, ran for his life. He did not show up until that king. So I wanted to kill him, died. Even when Jesus Christ was born in his own time, because of his error, error, his father had to carry him and run to Egypt. And when they heard that the king had died, when he came back, any brother of his son had already died with him. They did not cross back to their own city. They had to go to another city. Yet the father of God, Jesus Christ, all his life had to disguise himself. That is why nobody knew he was born in Bethlehem. If they knew he was born in Bethlehem, they did. Maybe the Pharisees would not have killed him. But he had to change his identity. Jesus Christ himself, in his own time, had to change his identity because what? He was living in the land of captivity. In the land of captivity, you cannot be yourself. So if anybody tells you you are going to be yourself in the land of captivity, the person is lying to you. The question is, how do you operate in the land of captivity? Everything operates by kingdom principle. How do these things operate? How do you walk? That is why you need to pay attention and listen to the word of the Lord. That is why many of you, after you have done and done and done, you become frustrated. Go and check out. Many people have put their hands into very dirty things. I saw on, on, on the news a beautiful lady, they showed her for their protocol and Friday pass by someone who used a Friday pass to make ritual. Of course, it is spreading everywhere. People talk about money. If you never going to open your eyes to what money is, it will amaze you. It will amaze you because a lot of people are confused about what money is. That is why when they ask Jesus Christ, should we pay tax? The people came. The Elias, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they came, they came up together and they approached Jesus and asked him, should we pay tax? What question did Christ tell them in return? He said, whose inscription is on the money? He said, give me the money. Whose inscription is this? And they told him it's what? Caesar. He said, do what? Pay to Caesar what is what? Caesar. So when you say money belongs to God, money does not belong to God, please. It's a wrong institution, it's a wrong understanding. Because you don't know what money is. If you know what money is, you will not say money belongs to God. But money does not belong to God. Look at money. What inscription is on money? If it is picture of the government of the country where you are, or the government that issued the currency, it does not belong to God. That is why Jesus said to them, 
Of course we're going to use it. But I have to understand what it means. What it is. So when you're using it, you know what exactly you're using. Are you living in freedom? Of course, no. Not in the material sense. But in the spiritual sense, yes, we are free. Because Bible said that he that the Son of Man has set free is what? Free indeed. of your freedom that God has given to you. Today we are looking at the word of God. Israel set me down. As a child of God, when you have given your life to Jesus Christ, how are you to settle down? What does it mean for you to settle down? Does it, I mean, does anything like settling down actually exist? As a child of God, It's very important that you listen to the word of God and understand what God is saying. Judges chapter 2 from verse 1 tells us that then the angel of the Lord came up from Giga to Bachim and said, I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. He said, I will never break my covenant with you. God made a covenant with Abraham. And that covenant, he said, he will never break it. Verse 2 says, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Children of God, you know, when we say God is faithful, we don't understand what exactly we are talking about. And because many of the children of God, have, you don't know what the children of God have done. You don't have any idea what these people are doing to make money. And they call themselves children of God. You don't know what they do. You have no proof what these people are actually doing. If you have any idea what people do to make money. God said in verse 1, I made a covenant and I will not break that covenant. But covenant is what? An agreement. When you talk about a covenant, a covenant involves parties, two parties. One party will say, I will do this. The other party says, this is what I will do. Then so now the two parties to fill their times of the covenant or of the agreement, then whatever is agreed upon will not be executed. It's for example, you want to go and buy a land? Somebody says this land is worth 10 million naira. And both of you agree to the amount 10 million naira. So what happens is that the seller is supposed to produce a document that shows that he is the owner of the land and also another document to do a 
as far or far as she is, but the person that is buying the land. Then the one that is buying the land must offer produce and evidence that he has the money to pay for the land. So if the one that owns the land and produces all the evidence of ownership and evidence that he is ready to make a transfer of ownership of the land to the buyer, but the buyer is not giving an excuse and say, I am sorry, right now what I have in my back account is just 8 million naira, I don't have up to 10 million naira. What has that person done? He has breached what? The covenant. When the transfer go on, it will not go on. So when it comes to covenant, the agreement reached by the parties must be collectively fulfilled. For most of you, you expect God to still fulfill this part of the covenant when you have failed to fulfill your part and you are saying that God is a merciful God is a merciful God. But when you fail the terms of the covenant, you will face the music. No matter how much you fast, no matter how much you pray, no matter what you do, because you're going to see it here, direct in the word of God. It was even in the time of Joshua, not even in the time of other people. This is Joshua, a man that sat under Moses himself. And Bible said an angel of God came, that is the angel response, because Israel as a nation has other levels of angel, but they are the archangel. The archangel of Israel is Angel Michael. In charge, the prince in charge of Israel. But aside, because during the war, when the war started, God would say the angel, the archangel, the warrior angel stood. The day we're going to go to eat, you're going to see God where the angel stood. And he was asked, Are you from us or are you faith? So we're not going to that today. Because you let others understand how angels operate. Once you break, once you break the protocol, angels go by instruction. Praise the Lord. Angels are not God. Angels are not what? God. That is, angels are giving instruction. Who gives them instruction? God gives angels instruction. And when angels are giving instruction, they stand by their instruction. So what it means is that if God's command is that when you go from this place to this place, angel will do some certain things for you. Then if you go from this place to this place, angel can never do anything. Do any prayer you want to pray, nothing will happen. Nothing is going to happen because they operate by the time of covenant. Otherwise, God will become the author of confusion. And because God is not an author of confusion, so when he gives in command to his angels, he will not go back and begin to change and see God does not know what he's doing any longer. That is why you always see the woman of God among the Lord from time to time. She wants to say something, but she has to listen to know what the angel is saying. You might just have listened to know what the angel is saying and she's not saying her own thing. She's on her own. Nothing will happen. Let us say it and as you want to say it. Nothing is going to do what happen. She has to know what instruction has God given. Because when she talks to God, God will speak. And when God speaks, angels
my message. If you don't get any message, you cannot say anything. She can pray for you and tell you to go come and come, come and come back next time. So verse 2 says that, but you have not obeyed my voice. You have not obeyed the, your end of the covenant. Verse 3. Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side and their gods shall be a snare to you. Can you see what the Lord himself is saying? The Lord himself is giving an instruction and saying, because you have not fully obeyed me, I told you, do something. Drive these people away. Now, there is something about how God works. God sent Israel to a land that was not their own. And God promised their fathers, Abraham, that this land I will give to you. But people were already living in the land. And God could not do anything to those people. Why? Bible says that their iniquities, the top of their iniquities are not filled up. See, every person let me tell you something. God will give us grace. We are going to grow people on mysteries. You know, human beings and spirits. Are you listening to me? All of us, we are what? Spirits. I want more. Now, please. Let me. Please, listen to me. Nobody, no human being was born the day. You were actually born into this earth. Every one of us has existed. Every human being has been existing. From the very foundation of the earth, we are made. We are made and completed. I don't even understand me. Every person you have seen has been was made and was completed. We are all made from the foundation of the earth. All of us. We have been existing and we are, we are somewhere. So at the appropriate time, there is something about you that you do not yet know until God begins to open your eyes, you will know a bit, just a little, until you put off this flesh, before you have fully understand a little bit more. But you are not going to fully know everything. The day I go to know everything, the day I go to see God face to face. That is when you will see everything you really, really, really are. That is when you now begin to understand who you really are. That you are not what you think you are. You are so different from who you think you are. Now, why am I explaining this to you? See, God told Israel, this land I have given to you, these people that are in this land, the sin they have been committed against me, their cup is not yet full. It will take some time before their cup becomes full. So in the meantime, before their cup gets filled up, go 
are built in another country. In that country, grow there and build up and develop and multiply. So God sent them to Egypt. There they multiply. But God designed the place not to be comfortable for them so that they can grow to the promised land. And when it was time, the place become unconditional for them. And by that means, they ask the Lord. Because God will not see. When it comes to the matter of your destiny, let me tell you another statement, please. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm telling you. When it comes to the matter of your destiny, God will not act on the matter of your destiny until you open your mouth and agree that you are willing to walk with God. The things that have to do with your destiny, God cannot act on it by himself. It will come to you with your own mouth say, yes, I am ready. God cannot force me to enter into my destiny. God cannot do that. Does he have the power? Yes, but he cannot do that. God cannot push me, cannot make me to enter into my destiny. Nothing God can do to make that happen. I have to be the one to say, God, I want to enter into my destiny. God, I want to walk with you. The best that God can do is to create the situation that will make you open your mouth to ask. But if you do not ask, God cannot ask. When it has to do with your destiny. And it's so terrible that many people don't even have any idea of what their destiny is and they are about to die. They are getting towards the end of their life and they are not even touch their destiny. They have not touched their destiny at all. They don't even know what their destiny is. They don't even know what it is at all. They think, oh, God, come, no, 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 no. Until you open your mouth, to ask before the Lord begin to walk with you on matters related to your destiny. Why is it so? Because there are so many things that you are ready to do in terms of sacrifice. So that in the end, you will not say, God, to me, now you push me there. You have to, by your own mouth, say, God, here I am, send me. Then God will send you. Here I am. God, let me know why you have made me. Then God will begin to let you know why he has made you. So concerning the children of Israel, what happened? God told them, these people, their sins, the cup of iniquity is not your food. If you take some time because before the cup gets food. So go to this place. So when it was time, for the cup of iniquity to get food, God now created a situation so that they can ask the Lord, God, help us. And when they cried, God, help us, God now it was sent a helper. Prepare the helper very well. And make sure that the helper by himself also from agree to go. That was the first of those and they went. And God gave them specific instruction. Make sure that everybody in the land of them and you kill all of them. All of them must be killed. No one must be scared. Both, child, old, everybody 
kill everyone. Don't spear anybody. Now, that is where the commandment of God gets very poor. Praise the Lord. That is where what? The commandment of God gets what? Very poor. And that is where most people, ministers of God, they are putting it wrong. And most of them are getting it wrong. Big time. Most of them are doing what? They are getting it wrong what? Big time. <laughs> it will amaze most of you when that day finally comes. Because God told them, kill everybody. In today, there are things that the Lord has categorically commanded. But because as human beings, we are trying to find a middle ground, a point of compromise, a point where we tell ourselves, no, God did not actually mean it this way. And you can imagine the children of Israel, and when they go out of war, they will see these people, all of them will put down their sword on the ground, and all of them will kneel down and raise up their hand and be begging and say, please, spare our life. We know that God has told people to come and kill us. But please, spare our lives. I mean, when you see those kind of situations, what will you do? You are looking at a fellow human being. And God is telling you, God has resulted clear everybody. I gave them enough time to repent. They refuse to repent. Now, clear all of them. And they have seen you conquer many countries. Many nations are in contact. I am approaching them to conquer them, all of them put on their sword, with their children, with their women, with their grandmothers, their grandfathers, helpless people, all of them, they raise their hand and say, please, anything you tell us to do, we will do, but please don't kill us. Whose voice will you obey? Will you obey the voice of God? Or if you're looking at that beautiful baby, that beautiful girl, Boy, that 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 seemingly looking innocent boy, and you're holding your knife, your sword. How can you strike that child? How can you do it? And God gave the command: strike them, kill them. And you're looking at them. How can you do it? If you don't do it, you have disobeyed God. If you don't do it. You will lose your lives. That is where all the new theology that are coming out today telling people, oh, God is a kind God, God is a nice God, is because they they have they have they have messed up people's brain. They have messed up the brain of people. Because they don't know who God is. You have no idea who God is. You have no idea who God is. I pray God will open your eyes. Some people say, some people say, I do not God has sent Bukhara. Who told you? Who told that it's not God has sent Bukhara? Who told you that? 
Even as soon as God has sent them. Who told you? Most of you don't know who God is. Don't know who God is. When God is sending out his terror, better leave the road. Better do what? Better leave the road. When God is sending out his messengers, <laughs> and you say it is not God, better do what? Leave the road. Because they will do what? They will cleanse you out of the road. Many people don't know who God is. And that is why we keep having problems. And that is why things keep going wrong in many places. And that is why believers keep compromising. That is why ministers of God, because they have turned the whole thing upside down, they find it hard to understand God. They find it hard to understand the other side of God. And God told them, therefore, in verse 3, I also say, I will not drive them out before you. Because I told you, drive them out. And you refuse to drive them out. So therefore, shall we want to use your own brain to work with me? You want to use your own sense to work with me? Let us do it your own way. Let us see where it will end you. And God began with them. Shall we they want it their own way? God now started with them. Verse 4. So it was when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voices and wept. Then they called the name of that place, Bochim, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel went each to his own inheritance to possess the land. Can you see about three or four different incidents that occurred? God told them, do something and they disobey. They refused to do it. In the book of Kings, God told, praise the Lord, in the book of Kings, God told a particular prophet, go and meet this particular prophet. Let prophet meet you with a very sharp object, so a block and start touching from your face. And that prophet went to meet that other prophet and said, meet me. And that one looked at the face. I said, no, I cannot meet you. You know what he told that prophet? He said, as you go out, you'll be involved. And as that one went out, lion hit X that one and killed it. Because God, the God told that one, go and tell the prophet to meet him and let blood come out. And that one refused and God told him, tell that one that as he's going out, he will be killed. And as he went out, he was killed immediately. Then he now went to another prophet and said, hit me. And that one knew the voice of God and he hit him and blood came out. And he didn't use blood to hide where the blood was coming out. And now went and sent a message to Ahab. Because he had to disguise himself to deliver a message to Ahab. So I think that God is the God that they have been preaching to you. The first century God is not a God that Jesus Christ came to the cross to die. That's not the God. They have preached to you a 21st century God. 
That is not the throne of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is not the throne that said his own son will die on the cross of Calvary. That's not that throne. Because we don't know that God. And that God is about to introduce himself to the world very soon. And when he starts, when he starts, look at the word of the Lord. Bible said that after the angel came and delivered the message, in verse 4, Bible says that the people, they rose up and they wept. Praise the Lord. They did what? They wept. They cried. And after they cried, Bible said they made sacrifices. After they made sacrifices, Joshua now told them, go and settle down in your inheritance. Case don't settle. But was case settled? No. Case was not settled. Praise the Lord. Did they weep for their sins? Yes, they pray for their sins. But did God change his mind about what he was going to do? No, he did not. I don't need to understand me. God did not change his mind. They cried to God that he are sorry for they have committed the act. Children of God, there are individual sins you commit that no matter how much forgiveness you ask, you have triggered a consequence and that consequence must fulfill this task. No matter how much anybody, let any man of God pray for you, he will not reverse it. No matter who the person is, let him pray for you, he will not reverse. No matter the anointing, can't understand the way God of this one, God cross it. There are some families he must not cross with God. What he cross it, he must face the music. Many people are taking upon themselves to say, hey, God told them, so they have the right to forgive. Yeah, they can forgive sin, but not, they cannot reverse consequence. Praise the Lord. Did God forgive them? Yes, he forgave them. But the consequence of what they have done, they must what? Stress the music. No matter what pray for you, that consequence must come upon your head. Even if that person is eating and drinking with God, God, not, God is not the author of confusion. God cannot reverse his own word. When he said God is what? A lot of people come to yourself and say, hey, tell me, tell me God extended the age of, uh, of uh, Ezekiah. The day we're going to go into that scripture, your eye find open what really happened. Because they have thought, they have twisted the scripture upside down. They have not revealed to you the true God. That is why most of you are so messed up. So messed up. I know that some of you are so completely messed up in your life. How are you messed up? Some of you, you go to church. You want a pastor, you want a woman of God that will do what? That will do makeover for you. These are women. You know what they call makeover? You think? Huh? You know what they call makeover? You know what they call makeover? You are a lady? You know what they call the makeover? So they makeover remove the spots on your face. What does it do? It covers it up, isn't it? And it makes you look as if you are what? Beautiful. That is what men 
many people go to church for do? Then when they come to a place where, see, have you been to a place where they are trying to remove some dark spots? Is it painful? Very good. Very good. They are women. They are not trying to find my personal place. I know I will never try it because I don't have spots on my face. My brother, do I have spots on my face? No, you don't see. You don't have seen already. I don't have any spot on my face, so there's no need to remove anything from my face. So for you ladies that have those black spots on your face, if you want to remove the teeth, is it painful? Very painful. See, I don't care if you want to remove it, the face that is trying to remove that thing from your face, isn't it? For after you are done removing it, do your face look better? Or do you do what? Or do you, no, or do, you do proper? surgical this thing on your face. That is, they have to pass knife on your face. They have to touch your face and begin to do what? And begin to fix the old thing properly. I want you to understand what happens to a believer when the believer comes into the house of God. When you walk into it, that's why when mommy is telling you to do some things, you think it's, she, 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 she's hard. Some people come from wherever they are, because their pastor pampered them and they and these people are dirty and stinking inside them and they come to the house of God and they fail to be pampered with their stinkiness and their dirtiness. I want to go back to say, how can you come to the house of God and they stay to be pampered? The house of God is not a place where you have to be pampered. The house of God is a place where you have to be transformed. So when you come to the house of God, you are rich until you are what? Your life is made better. That insanity in your prayer must get out. Oh, this how we must dress. That is how we must be. No, 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 no. You don't come to me this way. You don't have to talk to someone. What kind of insanity is that? You don't have to talk to me. In their inheritance. By the grace of God, God will give us grace and we'll go and see where they actually settle down in their inheritance. Joshua told them to come do what? So now settle down in their what? Inheritance. They are flying, shall we? They work very well. So we want to invest in Google now. We're going to read. So God should be able to forgive the person and forget about the whole thing. So they are crying. And when they are what? Disobeying. Now they cry. And after they have cried, they have made sacrifice. They have brought in their big sacrifices. They have done that. And the man of God, the prophet of God, Joshua himself have told them, go and do what? Possess your word inheritance. They have all what? Go to possess their inheritance. As we proceed, we will know whether they truly possess their inheritance. Let us rise up. 
Children of God, I want you to open your mouth this morning and begin to cry to the Lord God Almighty. Those of you that like to be pampered, those of you that like to be the word of God that is coming to you be properly punished and leave all the roughness in your life, all the stinking things in your life, all the dirty bad habits in your life. You want those things to be kept intact. You want to come to the house of God and go with blessing for no transformation. I want you to open your mouth right now and begin to talk to God. I need you to break me. Something is wrong with me. You are before the manufacturer of your life. Open your mouth and cry to the Lord. Now just say thanks for that right now. I will go to prayer. Open your mouth and begin to talk to 
to close your eyes. Close your eyes right now. Everybody here, close your eyes right now. I want to raise your two hands before the Lord this morning. I want to repeat after me this morning. Say, Jesus. 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 I cry for you this morning. I'm a sinner. I'm still struggling with my sins. I have compromised. I have taken you for a joke. I don't have your fear in my heart. Have mercy upon me. Forgive my sins. Have mercy, Lord. Cleanse me from my iniquities. In the name of Jesus. Give me the power to live a holy life. Give me the spirit to fear you. In the name of Jesus. The word says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So give me your fear that I will run away from wickedness. I will run away from sins. I will run away from transgressions. I will run away from lawlessness. Give me the power to be righteous before you. God, you have made a covenant with me. And you are always faithful to free your own hearts. Give me the grace, give me the power to also be faithful, to fulfill my own path of your covenant in righteousness, in holiness, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.